you're tuning in to the Chief Hustler Podcast, where we will shatter the status quo and propel change-making women to redefine their career on their own terms. I'm your host, Amber, and we will focus on empowering women to not only be heard, but valued. The show will surface and resurface the topics that often go unaddressed in today's male-dominated industries and corporate cultures. We're here to reframe what it means to be a successful woman at work and relentlessly strive for excellence in everything we do. Let's get started. What's up, hustlers? Thank you so much for tuning in. It is another episode coming to you on a Wednesday with the Chief Hustler Podcast. And today I want to talk about the fact that we need to get it together, all of us, and step it up by putting together an action plan on the things we've been sleeping on all year. Why? Because there are roughly, give or take, about six more productive weeks left in the year. Now, many people tell you it's the fourth quarter. It's only the beginning of the fourth quarter. We're just 10 days into it, but here's the reality. We only have about six more productive weeks. And the way I count that is by saying, well, we've basically got the rest of October and we have about three weeks before Thanksgiving or whatever other holidays you really start to get into. And then quite honestly, by the time the second week of December rolls around, it's all kind of out the window. There are holiday parties and Christmas parties and Hanukkah parties and whatever, Kwanzaa parties, whatever, whatever your religion, whatever you celebrate, awesome. But you start rolling in the holiday parties, you start rolling in the parties for work, you start rolling in the Friendsgivings and all the things that you do between now and the end of the year to celebrate and to have a good time and party or whatever. And you start taking vacation time, right? I know I'm really good at like, all right, well, I know I'm going to get a couple of days off just naturally for Thanksgiving, but I'm going to buffer that by adding a couple extra days around that so I can get, you know, maybe it's five or six days of vacation instead of the two or three that you would expect, including the weekend. So the reality is that you only have about six, give or take, more productive weeks of the year. Now, I know, at least for the companies that I've worked for, things really start to slow down the first to second week of December. They just do. It's just the way the business operates. The fiscal year runs from January to December. You know, you start getting into like your year review and all of that kind of stuff. And the business just kind of starts to slow down as we near as we as holidays start to ramp up. And so I want to ask you, what are the things that you've been sleeping on that you said, I'll get to later, or I'll do later, or I'll do next year, or I'll do next month, or I'll do next quarter, or I'll prioritize that you haven't done yet? What are those things? Because if you actually care about them, and here's another truth, the next time you don't do something, just add, just tell yourself it just actually wasn't a priority instead of saying you forgot about it and see how that feels. But nonetheless, I digress. If you think about the things that you've wanted to do all year that you haven't quite got to yet, and admittedly, you know, life gets busy, things get in the way all the time, and we and we realize like, oh man, I really wanted to apply to grad school, or oh man, I really wanted to submit my application for that, you know, certification or that workshop, or oh, I really wanted to go to that conference, or oh, I really wanted to go see that friend, or oh, I really wanted to do this. All the things you want to do that you still haven't done yet. Let's talk about instead of writing the goal again for maybe the third or fourth or fifth time about the thing it is that you want to do. Let's talk about writing an actual plan, an actual action plan to those items. 
I won't talk about the thing because you know what the thing is because you've dreamt about it. You've thought about it in the shower. You've thought about it on your car ride. You've thought about it in your dreams. You know those things. So let's talk about taking action on those things. Now, here's another truth. If it's more than like two or three things, you probably won't get to all of them, right? So we may need to do a little prioritizing. And here is a handful of criteria you can use to start to assess how to prioritize the things that you can get done. First off, thinking about what are the things that take maybe the least amount of time versus the most amount of time. And you have to decide what your criteria or your bookends for minimum and maximum amount of time is. Your minimum amount of time could be five minutes, but your minimum amount of time could be, it just may take, you know, an afternoon worth of work. And your your maximum may be, it'll take six months. Your maximum may be, it'll take a week to get done. You have to decide what your bookends are. But if you looked at all all of the things that you still haven't done, that you still want to get done, and you just said, okay, Of the 10 things, write a column for how much time will this take? And if you start to list, okay, you think this will take half hour. This will take a couple of days. This will take a couple of weeks versus a couple of months. Okay, now you've got a scale to go off of. Now you got your minimum, your maximum. And now you can start to prioritize in order what's going to take the least amount of time versus the most amount of time. And then I want you to add another column to that, which is what's going to take a lot of effort. And here's the funny part. Sometimes we think that things that take a lot of time require a lot of effort. That may not actually be true. There there are things that require effort on your part, but still need other people to complete, right? They're, they're just they're just things or tasks or goals that you have in mind that require approval from others because maybe it's a conference you want to go to and you need approval from a boss or, or finance or whatever the case may be. There are things that you have well within your control that only you can complete, Right. And then there are things that if you think about actually getting them done, you would need to move things around in your calendar. And I often use that as kind of a filter to assess what's going to take a lot of effort versus not on my part. And then the third column, which I think is quite frankly, the most important column, which is what is actually the most important to you to get done based on where you're headed, where you what plan you have, what vision you have for yourself for the next six months to a year. When you think about things that you do not want to take into 2020, because let's be real, the reason why this is so important is because we're literally getting ready to go into a whole new decade and you want to be sure that, you know, you've set the right foundation. And so what are the things that if you had to prioritize based on importance or based on value to you right now, or would be the most value to you into 2020, that would be a stepping stone into whatever it is you're going after. If you had to put a scale of one to five or or one to 10 with five or 10 being the most important, what would be the most important for you to accomplish? So we've got time, time it takes to complete it. We've got effort required. For instance, running a marathon obviously is a day for a lot of people if they actually run marathons, only a few hours worth of work, but it is a lot of effort. (laughs) You follow what I'm saying? Whereas Writing that application may take you a little bit longer than a few hours because you need to write a couple statements. You may need to go put together a portfolio, but the actual like physical effort involved is, is like relative to a marathon, half of that or a quarter of that. So you've got all these things that you have assessed, this list of goals, is the list of things that you have been sleeping on. And that's fine. Here's the thing. Like, don't beat yourself up about the fact that you haven't done the things. Give yourself grace and say, you know what? I'm actually going to prioritize these things now. Cool. Awesome. On to the next thing, which is 
okay, what is really important to you? What are the things that you really need to do? And now I want you to prioritize that list based on those three criteria. So in theory, you might prioritize the list first and foremost based on what is of most of importance to you to get done. Then you would then you would prioritize it by either time or effort following that. And now you actually have a prioritized list of things that you want to get done. And the truth will be most likely is that not everything on that list is going to get done in the next six to eight weeks before, you know, holidays really start kicking around. And that's fine. Because now it allows you to create focus to say, okay, of the 10 things I had, I really only think the next, the top three are my most important and really are worth my time right this second. And so I'm going to deprioritize. It's not to say you won't do the rest of the list, but you're going to deprioritize the other seven things for another time. And that's fine. So you have now had your list of things prioritized. Great. Now let's talk through how you get them done. And this is really the fundamental difference of how we take something that is a goal into an actual plan. Most of the time, the reason why we don't get things accomplished is because we don't actually write a plan as to how to get them done. And so this episode is really focused on what are the mechanics, what are the things you can do and put in place to start to take a goal and actually act on it. When you start to assess the things that you've prioritized on your list, going back to how much time it's going to take. The first thing you should ask yourself is, do you really have the time? Go look at your calendar. Go look at the things over the next six to eight weeks. What vacations are you taking? What, what things are you already committed to? And where is the actual time that you can commit to those things? If you just happen to be in a place where you don't have a lot of things committed to outside of your, your typical day-to-day, your work, you know, your family obligations, great. That means that you, you may be able to take the Saturday or take the, take the afternoon on a Friday or prioritize it in the evening, you know, once the dinner is done and all of that and do it. And that's great. If you are a person where you just happen to be in a place where you have already committed to things and I'm I happen to be in that place right now where I there's like three trips planned between work and personal over the next few weeks uh, really over the next month there is um there are conferences and and things to go to right um that I've already committed my time for Here's the hard part if your calendar already looks busy you're going to have to really get honest with yourself and say Okay, for the free time that I do have, how am I going to spend it? Or what do I need to pull off my plate? And now this is a very personal choice. Now, if you've already spent the money for that conference, or if you've already, if you've already paid for the plane tickets or whatever, fine. That's cool. But maybe one of the things you really want to do is like write that application for that conference or write that application for grad school or whatever it is where it involves just your time, just your personal investment and effort. And I highly encourage you to say, okay, if it's something like an application, um, can you write that application on that airplane? You sure can. Can you write that application if you and a friend or you and your significant other are headed out on a road trip for the weekend, ask them to drive. And can you sit in the car on the passenger side or in the back and write that application? You sure can, right? 
start to ask yourself those types of questions. It is never about if we really have enough time. Nine times out of 10, we actually do have the time. It's just how we use our time. And we go through life sometimes just like giving time away, not really being mindful or conscious or conscientious of the, of how we're spending our time. You know, I know that This Is Us is on this fall and so is Grey's Anatomy and all these other great shows that people love, power and all that. I get it. Can you set set that episode on DVR and record it and not watch it when it actually airs? And instead of watching it that hour, you watch it later and get that thing done first. Maybe that's how you spend your time. So start to ask yourself, okay, what actually needs to happen within my calendar that I can put this on priority? Here's the next step. Actually lay out all of the, in the work world, we would call this milestones or stage gates, but write down the kind of big moments or big, big buckets of work that need to be done. So I will take the example for grad school because I applied to grad school about two years ago. I'm in my second year of grad school. I'll be honest with you. I was scared shitless to work a full-time job and not only go to grad school, but travel three hours each way to grad school. And it required a lot of time. One of the things I learned is how much time I actually really do have because I've learned that, you know, it, it just meant that I had to deprioritize other things that I was doing. That's the truth. That's the truth about how much time you really do have. And so with grad school, that grad school application required a couple of personal statements or personal essay reflections. I think it had three questions and I had to answer three questions. It also required a portfolio. And then there was just some like general stuff, right? Like filling out the application with your name and all, all of that good stuff. But let's just say that there were three kind of big buckets of work. There was actually writing the personal reflection statements. There was putting together the portfolio. And then there was actually kind of like putting it all together, putting it in a pretty bow and submitting and and sending off. So I separated those three things of work and I said, okay, this Saturday afternoon, I am going to be dedicated to writing the essays. I'm not going to, I'm not going to commit to the entire application in one sitting. I'm going to break it out into three chunks of time. First and foremost, I'm going to write my personal reflection statements. Awesome. Booked. When it came to the portfolio part, I knew um, the story that I wanted to tell with my portfolio. And for the most part, I had all the things already like tangibly with me, um, the copies of bodies of work or whatever that I already had. But there were a couple of things that I still needed from other people to curate this full portfolio to tell the story I wanted to tell for grad school. And so I said, okay, I have a lot of stuff that I already have in my possession, but there's a couple of things I need. So when I sit down to actually start the personal essays, the first thing I'm going to do is send the emails to the two people that I know already have their hands on the things that I need from them. And just, I'm not, it's just sending the email out, which is real. It's like, Hey, how are you doing? I'm applying to grad school. In fact, we probably talked about this a couple months ago. I'm actually, I'm actually, you know, doing it right now. I need this document, this document, this document from you. Can you send it? Awesome. It would be great if you said, hey, I need it by this date because I'm really looking to submit my application by this date. Done. Okay. So I am going to, in one sitting, submit, write the two emails and send them off. And I'm also going to write my reflection statements. Now I know that put it in this portfolio together. And just to give a little background and context, um, I am not a graphic designer. I am not a creative by by nature, but I have over the last few years kind of built at least some 
you know, some decent skills. And so I said, I decided I was going to um, actually build my portfolio myself using, you know, Adobe tools. And if that's not your style, if you're like, that sounds really daunting or overwhelming, you know, maybe you decide for actually curating the portfolio and actually building a a portfolio to print that's bound or whatever, you're going to maybe rely on somebody, you're going to hire somebody, you're going to work with a friend, you've got a colleague at work that does that type of stuff on the side, whatever it is. But for me, I decided to do myself. And I know for me that that type of task is probably, it probably happens over a few days, if not a week, because there's always multiple drafts. There's what you put together and then you review it and then you edit it. And then you, you know, you might share it with a friend or someone you really respect and they're going to give you feedback and then you finish it and all that kind of stuff. So for me, I knew that was probably going to be a week to 10 days of work. And so again, I looked at, okay, what's coming up? I'm actually going to set time and set dates that I'm going to focus on that. And then there becomes the final, like pulling it all together. You've got your personal statements, you've got your portfolio, you've got the actual application with your name and the details. And you're going to package all that up and and send it off the way that they asked for it to be sent it off. For me, it was, you know, mail it. So it was a mailed application with a printed portfolio. And I, of course, went to the post office and made sure it was sent priority and uh, required a signature upon arrival because that was a lot of great work that I did not want to be lost in snail mail. And so ultimately what I'm telling you to do is to divide up each of the things that you need to do for the thing that you want to accomplish into kind of, if you had to say, here are all the things that I need to do to, in order for me to have said that I've accomplished this. You're going to chunk that work out into kind of big buckets of work that's going to be your milestones. And you're going to do the, those lists of tasks. You know, it may th- it may require you to do five things. It may require you to do two things, whatever the case may be. You're going to chunk it out into tangible, attainable steps. And you're going to plan that work over a period of time. And here's what I'm going to tell you to do before you actually do it. Put the time on your calendar. Now, here's why I say that. So in my household, we have a shared family calendar. So all the things that each of us need visibility to, like the electrician's coming today to fix this, or we're going to go to this concert, or we're going to take this trip, or whatever the case may be, we manage a family calendar. I essentially have the same thing personally, where I have the things, and that includes, right, the nail appointments, the hair appointments, the whatever, whatever the things, you know, that you need to get done, you put them on a calendar to know that you're committed to those things that you've committed verbally or whatever to someone else or to something else that you're going to show up for these things. And you would do the same thing for work, right? At work, you have a calendar that you manage that, you know, lists the meetings and the things that you've committed to do every single day. Do that same thing with your personal goals. And your personal goals may be tied to professional things or things for your family or whatever the case may be, but do the same thing with your goals. Do the same thing with the action that you want to take in your life. Why? Because there's something about saying you're going to do something, but there's a whole nother thing about saying you're going to do something, telling others you're going to do something about it, and then actually put it on your calendar. And here's why I think the calendar step is, I mean, they're all really important things to do, but this is why I think the calendar step is one of the most important steps is because if you scheduled a meeting with somebody and it's with somebody that you really value, someone that you really respect, someone that you already know going in, having a piece of, you know, their time is is like pinnacle for you. And I always tell you, right, like taking time to listen to this podcast is spending your time and your time is your most valuable thing because you're not going to get this time back. 
So how you spend your time is really important. And so if you set up a meeting with somebody that you really care about and they canceled on you, or better yet, they just did not show up, you would be pissed. I know I would be. I mean, maybe maybe you're a much better human than I am, which is fabulous. And you you give them the benefit of the doubt and it's no big deal. But I'm telling you, if it was something you were really looking forward to, if it was something that you, you move things around in your calendar to do, if it was something that you said, you know what, I, I, I think I can make an hour work instead of the 15 minutes that I know I actually have. And it meant that you might have said no to other things to actually put it on your calendar. And that person didn't show up. You would be pissed. That feeling, that that feeling of being let down, you should feel that way about the things that you commit to for yourself. And so putting together an action plan and then taking action on that plan for your goals should look like you putting a meeting on your own calendar with yourself. Such that if you did not show up, you would be mad at yourself. I, I, you should be able to get to that level of passion and persistence about the things that you are committed to for yourself. You give of your time so effortlessly to everyone else in your life. Why aren't you putting that amount of energy into you? So it looks like when you have decided to commit to those things and those milestones or those buckets of work, to get whatever task done, you actually need to schedule the time. Put it on your calendar and put in the meeting reminders and all of the things. You know, and if you have other people in your life that that need to be aware of those commitments that you have for yourself, then either create a shared calendar or put it on the shared calendar that maybe you already have so that the people in your life know and are well aware so they can not only be sure to give you that time, but support you. And actually getting it done. I know for me, there are things that I want to get done and I and I I need to get better at this. We we all need to take that next step and and elevate, you know, our commitments to ourselves. You know, and this is all about why this podcast is centered around, you know, working towards that standard of excellence because you there's always improvement. And for me, I'm fairly good at it. Um, but there are definitely room for improvement, even with this podcast, I could get more, even more crisp about, okay, when I'm going to record, how often I'm going to record, how much time I need to block off and let the people in my life that are, that are around me regularly know that, Hey, listen, this is dedicated time. This is what I need. So it's just expected. They can hold you to it. So whether it's a spouse, a friend, a parent, whatever in your life, maybe you should develop a shared calendar with them so you can put the things that you need to get done on this list and commit to them. And your way of committing to them is actually set up meeting calendars with yourself. And when it doesn't, if it doesn't happen, if you don't uphold to to your to the things on the calendar, maybe the conversation needs to be about, is it really important? And I'm not here to say that the things that you've set out to do aren't important. But if we don't become really honest with ourselves about our goals, it becomes really hard to do anything that is truly valuable. And there are things that are great that you can do. Of course, no one would look at you crazy if you said, hey, I want to go to grad school. No one would look at you crazy. It's a great thing to do. But is it value to you? 
Only you can assess that criteria. But that's essentially what I'm asking you. So for the things that you've prioritized based on those, you know, set of criteria, and there, there are likely maybe other things that you assess the, you know, your goals by. But the three things, right, which was how important is it? How much effort does it take? And how much time will it take? Really focusing on the things that you want to get done by this year, because you don't want to go into a whole new decade with the same list. You've assessed your goals by that criteria and you've come up with two to three things that you really feel passionate about getting done in the next six to eight productive weeks that you have. And writing out the chunk of work that are attainable and reasonable for you to set aside time for and committing to that by putting on a calendar. You've got written all out. So you've got apply to grad school. You may have finished that big project really well at work. And you may have submit a speaker bio for a conference in 2020. That may be the three things that you've prioritized. Great. You've got something that, you know, a speaker bio, you can write by yourself. You've got the grad school application, which is a combination of maybe you and some other help. And then you've got something like a big project, which you totally may be an individual, you know, an individual owner of, which is awesome. But in a lot of cases, projects at work are often team related. And you can prioritize those things and you really understand the clear steps or the clear chunk of work that you need to get done that you can stretch out over a period of time to get those things done. Put it on your calendar. Make a meeting commitment and treat that meeting and that commitment as if it were with someone else that you really value and that you really respect such that if you didn't show up, they would be pissed or if they didn't show up, you'd be pissed. And then you have to do it. <laughs> plans are great and action plans are great. And, I, and I'll tell you, right, goals are goals are cool. Goals, when you say, hey, I want to do this thing, I mean, that's cool. Nobody's going to be like, that's a, that's a terrible goal. Why would you have that goal? No, I mean, goals are great. But if you want to take a goal and actually create action, you need a plan. You need a plan, a clear plan that lists out steps with dates and time that you understand that you can commit to to see it through. But here's the thing, you got to work the plan. And that oftentimes is the hardest part. And and I and I think I'll do an, a podcast episode on this sole topic and where it's truly dedicated to this, but, but I'll just tease it up here, which is we always are really motivated when we first do something. Like it's kind of like dating where, you know, you're on your P's and Q's and you're bringing your best foot forward in those first handful of dates when you're going to know somebody. But like when the honeymoon stage wears off, you're like, no, I don't always keep my house spotless every single day. You know, the the truth starts coming out. And that's very true with our goals, which is you could get really committed and you're really pumped up and you're super motivated in the beginning. But when life happens, it becomes really hard to stay committed to those goals with the same tenacity that you had in the beginning. And so when you work that plan, as you work that plan over the next six to eight weeks of the year where you can really get some productivity going, right, you're going to need some accountability. Most of us need some level of accountability. And so if you're going to share, if you're going to establish meetings on your calendar or whatever, the way in which that you capture those commitments, share them with somebody so that you can have some accountability, particularly when you start sloughing off because we all do it. We're human or things happen. Life gets in the way or the thing that you thought, you know, when you thought going in that it was only going to take a couple of hours when really it takes a couple of days and you're like, oh shit, I probably need to like regroup and figure out if I can really tackle this. When those setbacks start to appear, 
you don't ease up, you lean in. And so you need people in your life around you to hold you accountable. And so we're like, hey, did you do that thing that you said you were going to do? Because you told me it was going to be done now and it's now and it's not done and I'm looking for it. And then, you know, humility steps in and you realize, okay, I probably need to step it up a notch. So again, goals are great. But goals, quite frankly, are just dreams if there's no plan. And real success happens when you take that plan and you turn it into action. And if you really want to embed a standard of excellence, you need accountability. You need people that are going to help you ask you the tough things and make sure that you are, you know, delivering on time <laughs> to your milestones. And, and having that accountability is, is, is a way to do that. And so prioritize your list of goals, prioritize the list of things that you've been wanting to do all year, the last few years that you still haven't gotten done yet. Because the reality is that you probably have six to eight weeks of productive time till a whole new decade rolls around. And do not come into 2020 talking about you still, there's still those things that you want to get done that you haven't gotten done. So prioritize that list, pick a handful of them and be really clear and methodical about the tasks and the subtasks associated with getting that thing done. Chunk out the work into reasonable amounts of time that you can commit to over the next six to eight weeks and put it on a calendar. Put it on a Google calendar, whatever whatever method by which you, you know, some people are d- total old school and like actually have a planner and I'm, hey, I'm down for that too if you wanna write it out, like whatever works for you. Commit to the chunk of time and commit to it as if you were committing to the, that meeting or that lunch date or whatever it is that you would with another person that you really value and then do it. You actually have to do it. And I hope that you have people in your life that can hold you accountable and and check in with you along the way to make sure that you're getting it done to the fidelity that you should be getting it done. And if you don't have people, come find me, send me a DM, go follow the Chief Hustler, and I will check in on you regularly. And we can talk about what steps are you taking to achieve your goals. And, and what does your action plan look like? And I can 100% help talk you through, you know, committing to that. And the reason why this is important is, again, we want to help get you to the next level. That's why I believe this podcast exists. And if you, you know, take me up on my offer and you do the things that we talked about today, I'd love to know about it. And so we can continue this conversation. This is all about creating a platform and a, and a safe space where we can talk about the difficult things. And and quite frankly, one of the hardest things to do is to stay committed to the to the goals that you set out for yourself. It is all about, you know, your mindset going into it and holding, upholding to that mindset when it gets really tough. And so thank you for listening to yet another episode of The Chief Hustler, where we are focused on propelling change-making women to redefine their career on their own terms. And I hope by this episode, we have had another opportunity together to reframe what it means to be a successful woman at work and relentlessly strive for excellence in everything you do. As always, I want to thank you for your time. Your time is your most valuable possession. So anytime you choose to spend time with me, I thank you for that. You have more than one way to support me and this podcast. First and foremost, you can follow The Chief Hustler and you can comment on a post and get the conversation going. If you feel so empowered by this episode, reviews still matter in the world of podcast. And so a a review, five-star review, and a little bit of commentary on why you love this episode is always greatly appreciated. But if you're really committed to being a part of this community and you really want to own a part of the conversation, the last thing you can do, you can share this episode. There are so many women out there, so many people out there that need to hear this message, that ought to hear this message. And this community is nothing without you. And so you sharing with others, you adding your own, you know, your own comments and your own perspective, please share and tag me in, you know, your shares to your IG stories or whatever, you know, the way in which you want to share into the world is greatly appreciated. 
So can't thank you enough. And until next time, bye.